You're listening to The Blizzard of Osborne by Michael Sheen Cuddy. Chapter 32. What could go wrong? The decision to send the strangers into the Crow's operations center was a risky one. But in a 5-4 to four vote, the Emperor's advisory panel decided that if Cassie, Sly, me, myself, and I, and Assam were killed in the line of duty, it would be no great loss to the Empire. And in the unlikely event that the strangers succeeded, then the Emperor's archenemy, the Crow, will have been eliminated at no risk to the Emperor's forces. And while the master plan grew more and more elaborate, no part of it ever included Jet because, well, there were already enough risks without having an unpredictable cat along to complicate things. But Jet has to come. She's part of the team. And I'm always at my best when Jet's around. You'll be with Jet every day during your training period. And Jet will be here when you come back. But the crow is known for his massive packs of killer attack dogs. Far too dangerous for your little kitty. Don't worry. Bella will take good care of Jet. When it came time for the mission, Cassie left Jet with Bella, a kindly old woman who loved to listen to Jet purr in her lap as she read in her rocking chair. But when Bella fell asleep before the cozy, warm fire, Jet got up and followed the sound of Cassie's voice to Professor Willowaw's wagon, where she jumped on board. The replica of Professor Willowaw's wagon was very strange. Designed with hidden compartments and secret cubby holes, one panel dropped open when Jet stepped on it, swallowing her in an internal maze. Furthermore, some of those secret compartments had been soundproofed, so no matter how much Jet meowed and scratched, Cassie, disguised as Marco da Vinci and tucked into another compartment, never once heard a sound. While Cassie, Sly, and me, myself, and I carried out their parts of the master plan, Assam, hitched to Professor Willowaw's wagon, wondered. The plan seems to be going well. Surprisingly well. Maybe even suspiciously well. Because our chance of success is so low, the odds against us so high, the crow's security measures so strict, and the technical challenge is so daunting. <laughs> well, I assume we're doomed to fail. Then Assam recalled what Sly had told him long ago. Remember, I warned you about making negative assumptions all the time. You don't want to infect Cassie or anyone else with believing wrong assumptions that could get us all killed. Amazingly enough, the plan was rolling out flawlessly. Me, myself, and I had launched the Diversion Mask audio hypnotrack, so the security guards in the comm hub were immobilized. 
Cassie had successfully opened the data drive that Queen Mavis had re-encoded with her biometrics, and it was copying the Crow's latest plans to attack the Emperor. Sly had managed to slither into the Crow's mainframe and plant the monitors that would transmit real-time updates to the Emperor's Ministry of Omniscience. Dr. John was packing the hose back into the wagon, returning Sly to his hideaway. Just as he was closing a side panel, Jet popped her head out. Cassie, disguised as Marco da Vinci, was staring at the monitor as the data drive uploaded, numbers and text flashing by until they suddenly froze. Stuck on the screen before her was a thick black border framing the words, Emperor's True Identity Revealed. At that very moment, a mouse peeked out from the floorboard and Jet, being a cat, couldn't resist. She leaped off the wagon and chased the mouse across the room. Oh no! That wasn't just any black cat. That was Jet! I'd never mistake that collar. The one I made myself for my old sneaker laces. Jet's red and white braided collar. And just as Jet couldn't resist chasing the mouse, Cassie couldn't sit still and pretend not to notice. She jumped up and ran after Jet. Jet! Out in the hall, a group of icemen chased Jet around the corner. When Cassie followed, she saw three more icemen, two of whom were being pulled by least Rottweilers. Jet bolted down the stairway. Everyone followed. At the bottom of the stairs, Cassie saw a dingy corridor that ended in a closed metal door, a dead end where Jet was cornered, crouching and hissing. Trat! Yeah, trat! <laughs> Hello, kitty. Meet my starving Rottweiler, Lucifer. Yeah, Lucifer. Snack time, Lucifer. Woohoo, snack time, yeah. No! The Rottweiler charged down the hall so fast it slid on the smooth concrete floor when it tried to stop and slammed into the door. Jet's timing was perfect. She leaped straight up just as the dog hit the door. When Jet landed, she slashed four lightning strikes into the dog's snout. Cassie ran to the end of the hall and swept Jet into her arms. Grab that albino freak! Grab him! The rest of the icemen came rushing down the hallway, blocking her escape. Seeing there was no way out, Cassie tucked Jet under her jacket, hoping to protect her from the icemen and their mad dogs. One of the icemen grabbed Cassie by the hair and shoved her against the wall. She was terrified for many reasons, not least of which was that her white Marco da Vinci wig would pull off into his hands. The crow's inner sanctum was carved out of the foundation rock, according to his orders. He wanted a cave, an actual cave he could retreat to when needed. He'd ordered the excavators to leave a number of boulders in place to enhance the look of a gloomy subterranean cavern. He'd brought in dead trees and had their bone-white trunks and bare branches hideously lit by eerie black lights. Mounted above the macabre setting sat the crow's ceremonial throne, a massive black iron sculpture that he brooded in whenever he felt aggrieved. Hanging over the throne was the official crow headdress, 
a grotesque mask of black feathers and shiny black beak with big glassy eyes that stared wet black and unfathomable. The crow lifted the headdress from its stand and placed it over his head. This meant only one thing. He was about to issue a death sentence. Standing high above them before his iron throne, suited up in full headdress, the crow glared and pointed at Marco da Vinci, who, of course, was really Cassie in disguise. I knew I never should have trusted Omo Negrin. You're all the same. And now I will make an example of you. Send a message to your filthy breed. They shall see what happens to Monegrins who dare trespass into the crow's domain. Hmm. Perhaps I shall draw and quarter you. Spread your remains over the sod flats of the Monegrin barons. Or maybe I will return your head on a pike to be mounted in the town square of your miserable capital. And while I'm at it, I'll toss in the head of your lying doctor friend as well. And that's stinking donkey of his too. Nothing instills fear into the superstitious like a rotting donkey head in the town square. <laughs> you may threaten me, but if you hope to hack into the Emperor's security network, you'll need Dr. John's expertise. He's the only one who knows how to finish the work. If you kill him, you'll kill your chances of revolution. Silence! I will not listen to the lies of a filthy monegrin. The crow marched over and seized Marco by the throat. Give me that wretched black animal of yours. The crow grabbed Jet by the scruff of her neck and yanked her away from Cassie. <laughs> Next. Now that the stranger's cover is blown, the crow has issued all of them a death sentence from which there is no apparent escape.